Hello, 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 and welcome to the uh, Full Quota Podcast, your weekly South African sports, well, not sporting, cricketing podcast. We've got some live cricket coming up, so we'll be talking about that um, today because South Africa are in Sri Lanka, they're in Colombo, and they're playing um, uh, against Sri Lanka this week. And so today's um, topic is the series preview. We're going to be previewing the series. I've got Teppo, I've got Chris. Gents, how are you doing? I guess I'll start so it looks quite quiet. I'm very well, thanks. Happy to be back after a short hiatus. Yeah, I'm you. also good. I, I was literally saying the same thing. Like, Chris, it's been so long. Bro. I don't even mm. know where you've been. Welcome and back. It's good, that, we, Welcome it's good back. that, yeah, whilst Tim's out, we're swapping out. One of us has to yes. be here all the time. Uh, rotation. Uh, and, on this, and on this day, obviously, Del Stain has retired. So, gents, like... Chris, what do you like? What do you make of that? Six hundred ninety-nine international wickets, an average of twenty-three. Is he the greatest ever South African seamer? Well, look, yeah, I guess I, I have to say, limited experience. He's definitely the greatest in my lifetime. He'd have competition with, I guess, Pollock and Teeny Donald, but the best I've seen. He was top two in the world for ten years straight, and number one for the majority of that. Just yeah. Test bowling, all three formats, but predominantly, I think he'll be remembered as a test bowler that was head and shoulders above anyone at the same time. And Tepo, oh, yes. what, what do you make of Dale? You're a Titans man. You watched Dale played in the North for a very long time. Yeah, no, actually, my, my cricketing journey um, started with him. I, I saw him in the domestic sphere just as he was going up, and that's also when I started getting into cricket. So sort of been rooting for the guy for a long time. And um, yeah, look, I'm glad that um, his his awesome careers he's he's decided to you know land it, go do that skateboarding stuff that he does on Instagram. I I, I like that he's like enjoying his life. He, he looks like a really cool person to like have a beer with as well. So yeah, really happy for the man for what he's done for his all his achievements because he's he's a legend, probably one of if not the I best South African bowler in the history. outside of the wickets. From an average perspective, I do think he is one of the greatest bowlers ever. But obviously, the English will tell us about uh, Jimmy Anderson and all the other guys in every country. But I say one of the greatest South Africa has ever had. So now um, we're going to be talking about that. But before we do this, remember, you can interact with us on all these platforms. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, also Instagram, as well as YouTube. We are going to be going live tonight at 8 p.m., uh, for the South African women's tour in the West Indies, uh, it's going to be streamed on. Uh, it's going to be streamed on everyone's phones, but we will be supporting them by providing our live radio broadcast. Remember, you can go to onedavisar.com if you don't want to see our lovely faces. If you do want to see our lovely faces, you can obviously join us on YouTube. Most importantly, you would need to subscribe. I wouldn't say like you can like our our, our, our podcast, uh, but you can subscribe to our channel, switch that notification bell, and at 8 p.m. when we go live, South Africa women versus West Indies women. There is no Stefani Taylor, but DeAndre Dutton and Anissa Muhammad are there, so it's going to be a really good uh, challenge for our women. But we're talking SA Sri Lanka preview, and we got um, Estelle Vasudevan who is a editorial manager at the papare.com, which, and she's going to be giving us insight on the Sri Lankan team. Lots to unpack. They've also got some off-field issues. So it could be the, the, the series of the off-field drama uh, teams, but we'll see about that. Let's get her on and uh, discuss all things 
uh, South, Sri Lanka versus South Africa. Hi, Estelle. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Sure, sure. Um, Estelle, I think from, from, from us, first question is, how has obviously Sri Lanka's come out of that series with India? How are they preparing for the South African series? Are there any expectations or any things that the Sri Lankan team want to get right, uh, especially looking at the World Cup and even with the Super League? Yeah, I think the India series was a very good one for Sri Lanka in the fact that um, despite not having some of the first-choice players in the lineup, they were able to put up some of somewhat of a good fight against uh, Indian team, which uh, was under strength, but they still did have a lot of experience uh, in the squad. Um, in terms of the build-up to the tournament, I think, uh, sorry, this series, um, Sri Lanka cricket organized this T20 series between four sides. I think it was very uh, important. It was an important series because the cricket was very competitive. Uh, basically had the best players in Sri Lanka come up against each other. I think the only guys who were missing um, from the current uh, crop of players were Vanindu Hasaranga, Dushmanta Chamira, who were given some time off. But other than that, I think, um, you know, preparation was good. They did organize it with, uh, with their eyes on the T20 World Cup. And of course, the South Africa series will be the ideal build-up for that tournament as well. Okay, that's 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 quite that's quite that's quite exciting to see uh, an internal tournament. I think a lot of South Africans have been asking for a, such a tournament amongst our, uh, our international players. But Chris, what do you think South Africa are looking are hoping for in this ODI series and possibly looking to the T Twenty series? We have, we've seen two different squads, but what do you think the the idea from Mark and the team is for for both these series? Yeah, I guess it's similar to what we had against the West Indies and against Ireland, where the ODIs, you, you are trying to find your seat, your team, but you're also trying to pick up some points in the ODI Super League. And then the T20s, you, you're trying to figure out your best 11, find your combinations, maybe test your depth. And the T20s very much are preparation for the World Cup at the end of the year. Okay. And, and Tepo, obviously, we've come out of the West Indies and, and, and Ireland test series, uh, limited over series wins. What what are do you is it are you hoping to just continue as a South African side uh, just try build up momentum winning kind of get you a confidence type of vibes? Yeah, no doubt. Um, the, the South African camp are definitely going to be looking for a win, as are the the Sri Lankan camp. That's pretty obvious. But I mean, uh, one thing that the South Africans will will definitely be looking to is how they deal with spin. Um, we were speaking about it last on last week's podcast with Dan and how. Um, in the West Indies, you weren't really tested with spin. In Ireland, we weren't tested with spin. So I'm really keen to see how um, the South Africans with the bats will fare um, with the spin. And then also our own spin bowlers um, also chats about um, we, the, the lack of leg spin that we have, um, even though we have... Um, um, We've only got one like, leg yeah. spinner in South one Africa. One leggy. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we interviewed him last uh, well, two weeks ago, actually, or Sean von Berg. Um, but he's not, uh, he was in the last tour to Sri Lanka, but he was playing red ball cricket, didn't get a game. Um, yeah. Even though Tabres Shamsi came to South Africa and, and we'll watch that podcast <laughs> um, it, or watch the video. It's live on our YouTube channel. Um, Estelle, there are a lot of faces that South African fans would be, would, would know that aren't there this time. And can you give us a, an inkling as to why? I think we know that, obviously, um, Gunatilaka, Tikwela, and Mendes won't be around. 
um, is there a reason why? And are there any more players that may not be there? Yeah, so um, the the three guys you mentioned, of course, were banned from international cricket as a result of a breach of uh, the bio bubble in England. Um, so uh, basically, they'll be out of international cricket for a year, domestic cricket for six months, and they've also been uh, handed a, a financial ban. Um, other than them, uh, of course, Angelo Matthews will not be uh, playing. He has made himself unavailable for selection, at least for the time being. So that's one guy who will be missing. Isru Udana, another one, uh, retired from all forms of uh, all forms of international cricket, I should say. Um, wow, another guy is Kusal Pereira, who I think uh, would have been a real key for Sri Lanka at the top of the order. Uh, unfortunately, he was uh, diagnosed with uh, covid a couple of weeks ago, so uh, he's recovering. I think he should be available for the T20s, but we won't see him in the ODI games. Okay. Um, um, that's actually, yes, Chris? Sorry. This is perhaps me just being cynical, but do you think that if that video hadn't been taken by a fan, whether we would see any suspensions or it's because that there's suddenly public eyes on it and it was brought to attention that the suspensions had to come out? Yeah, I think so, because uh, one thing I think we need to understand is the fact that Sri Lanka were not doing well. Like, they were doing really badly during that series, so that kind of uh, made it worse for those players, as it were. Um, so, yeah, like you said, if that video had not come out, we don't even know if people would have found out that they had breached the bubble. That's one thing. The other thing is, I really don't think that there would have been such a harsh punishment. A lot of people think it's they uh, were what they should have gotten. Um, but uh, the players have appealed, at least to play domestic cricket. But uh, so far, there's no word on what will happen. But yeah, definitely, I think the video really didn't uh, help their cause at all. So then um, my question is, what, what's the feeling? I'm, I'm, obviously, you're not like in the change room, so you can't like tell us exactly what's going on. But I mean, how does it feel in Sri Lanka as at, at, at the moment? Uh, you have a touring side, South Africa, coming through. You don't have um, your top players. Um, bio bubble, to me, it seems a bit unjustified to keep them out of international cricket for an entire year um, just because the video is out. I think it's a bit harsh, um, personally. But I like how, how does it? What's like the feeling around South, uh, Sri Lankan um, fandom? Yeah, I think to be honest, after the India series, I think everyone's a bit upbeat because. For a long time before that, Sri Lanka were doing very badly. And so there were calls for, I mean, the, the decision to leave out some of the senior players didn't go down too well with the fans. Um, and then the team still wasn't doing well. So uh, guys like Gunatilaka, uh, Kusal Mendis, Dikbala, three guys who actually got a lot of attention during that time because they were not performing. Um, so at the moment, among the fandom, at least, I think a lot of them are kind of happy with the team we have now because there are a lot of youngsters coming through and um, some promise shown during the uh, series against India. Speaking about those youngsters coming through, I know that the, uh, Polina Taranga is in and in that invitational domestic series that, that happened, he took the, the most amount of wickets. Can you give us a sense of, of, of the type of player he is um, because obviously Safkins would, wouldn't know. And also any of the other people who are, who are back. I know Nuan Pradeep is back. So, you know, like what, what were the reasons for him coming back, uh, essentially? 
Yeah, Paulina Taranga is, I think, quite similar to Manindu Hasaranga in his leg spin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, typically, uh, you know, a limited overs bowler, he doesn't fly the ball much, um, but gets good purchase, particularly in the type of tracks we see in Sri Lanka. Um, he's just really good fielder, uh, can bat a bit as well. Um, I I don't think we will see much of him during the series if Hasaranga is available, because there are a few other options, I think. Uh, Sri Lanka will be looking at like uh, someone like Akila Dhananjir, who's had success against South Africa before as well. And also Praveen Jayavikram, a left-arm spinner, um, who's done well both in, in, in test cricket as well as in limited overs cricket. He's only played a few matches, but he's done well. In terms of Pradeep, there was always this thought that he's your go-to uh, death bowler. But in the recent past, he has not done well. But I think he, he earned a call, call up thanks to his performance during the domestic uh, competition we just had. Again, I don't think he will be in the playing 11, at least for the first few games, uh, because Sri Lanka will likely go with uh, Dushmanta Chamira and Chamika Karnaratna, maybe uh, left arm of Binura Fernando. But uh, Pradeep might find it difficult to make it into the playing 11. Okay. Um... I think for, 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 for now, as we move into, obviously, discussion what's going to happen on the field, um, from a balanced perspective, what does Sri Lanka, what, what, what do you think Sri Lanka is going to go into into that first OER oh yeah, from a balanced perspective? Will they be going three spinners? Will they be going two with, with a few seamers? What, what's the sense that you're, you're getting um, from the squad? Looking at the tracks that were on offer during the India series, I think, and particularly because South Africa does have a reputation for not being too good against the spinners, I think there's a real chance that they will go with three frontline spinners. So, uh, to me, the front runners would be Akhil Dhananjir, Manindu Hasaranga, and Praveen Jayavikrama. So, you've got a left arm, a leg spinner, and an off spinner. Um, they've also got a kind of a Ajanta Mendis, like uh, guy in the squad called Mahesh Tikshana, uh, could also get a game or two, depending on how well Sri Lanka go early in the series. Um, so in the, if they do go with the three spinners, I think Chamika Karnaratna and Dushmanta Chamira will be the cases uh, with Dasun Shanaka probably chipping in uh, as well. As an all-rounder. Okay. Um, Chris and Teppo, I'm going to start with Chris. From a balanced perspective of South Africa, what do you think is the best balance for, for this team to actually try and, and counter what Sri Lanka is going to offer um, coming into the series? I guess there would be the temptation to go with three spinners. But unfortunately, as we've been saying, we don't have a lot of variation on our spinners. So obviously, it'll be Shamsi and then one of three players who are almost exactly the same in Maharaj, Linda and Bjorn Fertain. I would imagine we don't go with three spinners, no matter how spinny the track is. Maybe that's just the way South Africa always is. Us playing a spinner at all was an issue for a long time. I don't think we'd have go for three spinners like that. And and Temple, um, is is do you, do you do you agree with Chris? I think obviously we we won't we probably won't go with three spinners. I'd like to see a game where we do play a third spinning all rounder, maybe um, a Keshav and and a Linda. But how important do you think? Kahiso and Anuk Nokia will be at the top uh, for the side? Um, very important, uh, just because that's just the way we, we, we sort of play. I mean, it would be strange for us to leave out our premier pace bowlers. And surely they might not get as, as much movement as they would 
um, or um, with with the red ball. Um, but but they can still do a thing or two, and they can still. I mean the the the, the premium fast bowlers. But I think for me, what so how we should probably be responding in terms of the team balance is uh, all rounders, all rounders, all rounders. I do not mind a third spinner if that spinner is a spinning all rounder. We need batting depth. That is what we need um, because I don't expect us to get um, big runs here. Pitch slow. The pitch is slow. The ball's going to come on slow, um, and we really enjoy the big like big shots from from very pacey ball. So I think. Um, just to cushion the the batting lineup, would would we probably need some some depth there in the batting, and all rounders are the the solution mm-hmm. to that. Chris, um, with the the inclusion and the return of of Dwayne Petroius, that obviously adds the, answers the question is who bats at yeah. number six. But obviously seven, eight, and possibly even nine could be an issue in, in in these ODIs and maybe even in into the T twenties. Where where do you sit with 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 the all rounders? Do you want three all rounders? A lot of people have been asking for South Africa to play all three three of the all rounders that are available in Petrograd, Mulder, or Linda uh, with Dwayne. Um, where, where, where's your thinking around that? Well, yeah, we were talking about how much we miss Dwayne or that Dwayne shared play player, whether it's Dwayne or Chris Morris, the guy who's an all rounder but can bowl as well as a frontline seamer. So I'd be happy to go with, yeah, just Rabada and Norkia, and then perhaps Cyclin and Gideon Williams as the out-and-out seamers. But just two out-and-out seamers, and then Dwayne Pretorius as the, the third seaming option. Yeah, exactly where he comes into the lineup. Maybe this is the testing ground where we figure out who exactly we favor between Petlokai and Mulder as the other other mm. seaming all-rounder. And then I think George Linder probably is the, the first choice spinning Mm. I believe yes, I believe that uh, Petlo Choir is probably going to be playing the ODIs and the T20s are are going to be for Mulder, or at least that's how I see the the squad set up. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited to see Vian Mulder. Just pace off the ball in general. Um, I think could be a, a, a proper way of attacking. It worked for us in the West Indies. Obviously, n- not exactly the same conditions, but um, we don't want Sri Lanka to be scoring maybe too quickly or or. Um, speaking of, of of the pace on the ball as well, um, uh, the the big boys can really bully the the Sri Lankan batsmen. Not used to um, that express pace as as often as as that. You know, it's not like Sri Lanka doesn't have the pace, but I mean, when you hit with like premier fast bowler after premier fast bowler, you know, it could sort of uh, wear you down in a way. So yeah, the 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 competition seems very exciting. Estelle, you've been listening to us talk about the South African team and the balance. Where do you are there players in South Africa? Are there, are there any of the South African players that you think Sri Lanka would struggle to face, or or, mm. or, or the converse where you think maybe South Af- uh, Sri Lanka might actually just enjoy and have a good and and and, and either enjoy scoring runs or taking wickets against? Um, where, where where does the Sri Lanka team see the South African side, or how actually? Yeah, I think um, the pace is definitely are going to be a challenge. I think that's something that does. Captain Dawson Chanika also wanted to focus on in training, facing really quick bowlers because um, we don't have uh, bowlers that bowl that quick and are as accurate as guys like uh, Rabada. So I think the series itself, particularly the ODIs, in my opinion, will be decided by how well Sri Lanka play the South African paces and how well South Africa play the Sri Lankan spinners. So it's going, it's going to be a battle uh, between the bowling sides, I think, because Sri Lanka, like you mentioned, 
we're missing a few of first choice players in the batting lineup but the spinners and the uh, fast bowlers or at least some of them have had some you know they've had some momentum coming up to the series so they should be uh, raring to go so the batsmen will be the ones i think who will decide how well the team does uh, during these two uh, the ODI and the T20 series chris um, just because you briefly mentioned Shanaka and it reminded me that Sri Lanka has gone through, I think, seven ODI captains and six T20 captains in the last three years. And he's latest. And there's conspiracy theories as to exactly why he's been given the captaincy recently. But he's obviously won the T20 series now. Um, do you see him as a long-term captain choice for Sri Lanka? Or do you think that's a temporary position that he has? You know, at first... Uh... I don't think anyone would look at him and think that he is a long-term option. But over the past, I think, um, since the India series, and particularly during the most recently concluded uh, the, the, the domestic T20 series, he did show a lot of characteristics of a good leader. I think uh, one of the key aspects was how his team were victorious in the tournament and how he used some of the young players. He didn't have the best squad, but he did have a lot of, uh, you know, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds in his team and was not afraid to kind of give them the opportunity. So that's, I think, a very, really good sign, particularly when you think about the type of uh, people Sri Lanka have at their disposal now. Um, they don't have a lot of the experienced players. So the way ca the captain can handle uh, the, maybe the younger players, the less experienced players will be a key. So from what I've seen in the past couple of months, definitely he could be a long-term option. Okay, and he's, he played really well in South Africa when, when Sri Lanka were here. So he, he, he kind of came into his own, especially in, in, in the tests. Um, just one, looking at your batting lineup, um, are there any players that you think, because uh, obviously, they, they, as you spoke about key players, are, but are there any youngsters, young players, young, young batsmen in there that you think this could be a series for them uh, to step up? Or are there any batsmen who need to score runs in this series to either keep their World Cup hopes alive or give themselves an opportunity going forward? Yeah, I think Avishka Fernando will be a key for Sri Lanka, He'll, particularly without Kusal Pereira in the line, lineup. So he's a guy who plays pace well. So I think he, he will hold the key for Sri Lanka in that, um, you know, giving them a good start, trying to steady the innings. Also, another guy I think. Uh, who's done relatively well after a bad start in his career is Tariq Asalanka, another guy who's, you know, uh, since he was a teenager, has been kind of earmarked to be the next big thing in Sri Lanka cricket, but didn't really look that in his first series in England. But, um, you know, he's still come through a little bit in, over the last couple of months. So another guy, I think, uh, to keep an eye on. It'll be interesting to see the batting lineup Sri Lanka go with because I don't think there's a settled three, four, five, um, particularly because they will need to accommodate guys like Asalanka, Dananjay De Silva, who are more like accumulators rather than guys who can, you know, go for the shots like uh, Shanaka. Uh, so depending on that, I think it should be interesting to see how they adjust because um, you, all over the world, your number five is the guy you kind of, you know, can take on the bowling. But Sri Lanka don't really have many batsmen like that. So be good to see how guys like Asalanka and maybe Dananjadi Silva, Barnukar Rajpaksha can adjust in in those in that uh, three, four, five, six kind of slot. Okay, um, Tepo, 
from a batting perspective, what do you want to see from South Africa? Obviously, you've got Aidan Markram in, in the side in the ODIs. You've got Riza Hendricks there of, and Nianaman Milan at the top. And that's a question of who's going to open. And then after that, it's Temba uh, Rassi. Um, there is no David Miller. So that's going to be quite interesting to see if it's Hannah Klaassen or Calvarena. Where are you on the two questions of number five? Calvarena or, or Heino Klaassen, and possibly even number six, maybe does Dwayne bat at six, and also who opens, I'm assuming Ianaman is going to open and then you just need a partner for him, but obviously you, you may, may may think see differently. Sure, that's that's a very tough question to answer, I won't lie, um, because I think we're still in the process of finding the last piece of the puzzle. We sort of know who's at the top order, who's at the middle order, and uh, you yeah, you, you, you want to give everybody a chance and you do want everybody to succeed so that we have the potential to be able to rotate um, um, in a tournament. Uh, not necessarily for, for people getting tired, but I mean, people can get injured. Like, what if Quinton de Kock gets injured? Now we need two batsmen that are already there at the front. Um, after doing like a lot of checking into stats, I would like to see uh, Yanaman Malan and Aidan Markham at the top again. They looked really good against Pakistan and South Africa. And... Um, yeah, when one is firing, like both of them can fire, both of them can get quick runs, and 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 Temba Bavuma sort of, as as Estelle said, is is more of an accumulator. You know, it's not like he can't put foot to the gas. He does have the ability to hit the strike rates up, but you sort of want um, level heads, like you'd want his level head there because he has the ability to do that, and that's where Rusty Fanadison also slots in. But then talking about number five, to be honest, I'd like to see Hydra class in there. Um, it's, it's about time that this man takes himself seriously and gets some gets some big runs. He needs he needs to to get a big score. He owes us a score. He can get a score. So I'm, I'm looking forward to Heinrich Klaassen putting a pedal to the metal and maybe Kyle Verena getting a, a, a small opportunity here and there. I don't back him for right now. He's not Mr. Right now, but I do back him for the future. I do feel like this experience um, will do him a lot of good. So I do hope to see him in the subcontinent um, um building the blade so yeah there are a lot of people in cape town right now who are gonna probably look are asking for your address because they believe yeah. we should be building <laughs> this team around calvarena chris where do you sit on the questions around the batting especially in the odi side yeah it's an interesting one you, you seem pretty sure that yanaman milan will be one of the openers well, i think this I think will he, be a very good I think he averages test like 125 he averages a yeah. ridiculous amount but this is where he can yeah, obviously he's done very well in the ODIs so far, but he, the one big doubt that everyone has about him, it's almost the first thing people mention is his weakness against spin. So this mm. will be a good test and a, a place, a time for him to put those rumors to bed. He will be tested, but that he's just in the ODI squad, isn't he? He's not playing in the, the yes, T20s yes, yes. for whatever reason. So we'll only get to see him there. I did, I did forget to mention Riza Hendricks, who's mm. somehow slipped under the radar, but he has been getting relatively decent scores. And I think the problem with our South African openers is that no one is like, wow, oh my gosh, Riza Hendricks just took it out of the park. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Riza Hendricks, well done. You got yourself 40 off like 38, you know. That's not bad, but, you know, we're not going to win a match with you. So I, I, I really want the South African openers to, ah, you know, get into You probably... You're probably going to kill me and the whole operator is going to kill me. I actually don't think Aiden and Riza should be in Sri Lanka for the ODIC side. Maybe T20s, yes, fine. But they both averaged 26 after 52 games, one century, two half, four half centuries between them. 
I think we may we may have missed a trick not giving somebody else domestically an opportunity like a Grant Rulofsson or a or or or, or a Ryan Rickleton who Grant was number one in in run scorers in the in the Momentum One Day Cup last season and Ryan was number three and he's an opener lefty as well to replace Quinny kind of would have worked and also Zubair Hamza was number two in the run scoring chart so I think we may have missed the trick but because we've got them there. For those two, whoever opens with the Anaman on the other side, it's kind of like a last chance saloon. You can't have played 31 games as Aiden Markham in ODIs and only averaged 26 and only ha and have not scored a century in, in, in this thing. So, so for me, it's quite interesting, but I do know that he's gotten form. So he'll probably, they're trying to play him into form, uh, which, yeah. is, which, is, which is odd, but it's something that we, 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 need, to, we need to figure out. But for me, the most important thing is how Yanaman handles spin. Um, obviously, I think he can handle the Sri Lankan paces. But once you get to over uh, or past over 10, moving to over 15 into those middle overs, where he probably will be batting based on the, the average that he has, how he handles Ahasaranga and Akila Dananjaya, how, how he manages them is something that we're going to be quite interested. I'm going to be quite interested in seeing um, because... That's as Chris says. That's that's the one. That's his only crime. That's the only reason why he's not in the T Twenty squad because somehow the reputation is he can't play spin. Um, but I think for me, Estelle, what players from Sri Lanka are the keys to unlocking the ODI series, and then on top of that, the T Twenty. So I know we're looking to the Super League and the ODIs, but obviously for for if both teams looking to the World Cup and. In, in, in six weeks' time. So what yeah, so both series, what what which players in Sri Lanka are key to to to, to, to a series win on both ends? Yeah, it's gonna be the same guys in both series. Uh Vani Duhasaranga, Dushmanta Chamira, Dasun Shanaka and Avishka Fernando, I think, are going to be the keys. Uh Avishka Fernando is going to have to do carry a load with the batting, I feel, because there is a there is a big uh, you know, gap there without Kusal Pereira in this uh, in the team. Um, of course, he'll hopefully be back for the T20, so that that should clear things out there. But yeah, those four guys definitely. Shanaka with the bat, I'm interested to see how he goes against someone like Shamji, another guy who has a reputation for not playing with spinners too well. So um, with the form he's shown in the last uh, couple of weeks, I'd really be interested to see that matchup. Okay. Um Chris and Tepo, yes, Chris. Uh, I was just going to say on um, Hasranga and Shamira, obviously, the first half of the IPL didn't have any Sri Lankan players, and a couple of Sri Lankan players have been included. How important do you think that will be in developing those players, and how seriously should, should we take it that there are some Sri Lankan players now in the IPL? How useful will it be? I think it's massively important for both of them because um, in Sri Lankan domestic cricket, you don't get a lot of uh, you know day night games you don't get crowds uh, those kind of things really affect players now in, in international cricket in fact guys like uh, isrudana have mentioned it as well you know the the impact of having a crowd yelling at you when you're fielding things like that sri lankan domestic cricketers don't get the, they don't face it at all until they get to international cricket so uh, guys like Vanindu and uh, Dushmanta going into the IPL, I think, hopefully will be the start of a few more, you know, making their way through. Because we see a lot of, um, you know, uh, 
guys from Australia who, yeah. who no one has heard of getting IPL contracts. Mm. But, uh, you know, some guys who performed well, I think even um, during the draft last year, there was a bit of disappointment that some Hasaranga was not picked up by uh, somebody. So I think hopefully it's the start of, you know, getting our feedback into the IPL because we've had, I mean, over the years, guys like Mahela, Sangakara, even Matthews played in the IPL. So hopefully it's the start of something. Personally, I think it's a, it's a really good thing for their, their development as players. Thank you. That, 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 that is actually quite true. Obviously, Hasaranga is now, like, I think, top three. T20 bowler in the world, so it is about time that we we, we need to stop selecting those Australians we do not know yeah. and have not heard, um, and and actually look at because even Shamsi got a contract and it's it's one of those situations where it's about time he got some respect. Um, but Chris and, and Tepo, from an ODI perspective, who are the players that you you think will be key for South Africa um, in 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 securing a series win? Um, and then we'll we'll talk about um, the, some of the T20 questions after this. Chris, do you want to go first or shall I? I'll <laughs> okay. Go yeah, go for it. Sweet. Uh, so, yeah, I think number one, it has to be uh, Captain Temba Bavuma, um, not just in terms of the runs. Uh, he's been running a pretty tight ship. Um, problems that we had, he basically addressed or, or, or yeah, it seems like there's, there's a plan. And I just want to make, like, I just want to see that as a captain, you know, he has a plan and, and leadership structures are okay because there's been a lot of turmoil and I don't want it to get into the cricket. So, yeah, he has he has a big challenge on his hands. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, Aiden Markram um, or any, basically the middle order batsmen. They need to they need to get their act together now. It's time. Um, top order has been doing a lot of work in the power plays before, but now it's time for the likes of Heinrich Klaassen to really step up because the only way we're going to win a game is if everybody contributes. And right now, the middle order is where um, it's, it's, seen, it's been a bit choppy. Uh, and then finally with the bowling, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I want to say that our spin bowlers are going to do it for us because our spin bowlers are, are absolute class. But I mean, maybe the, the pace bowlers can come with, with something that the Sri Lankan batsmen um, just can't handle. So I'd like to see how how we go about our bowling and yeah, how how the Sri Lankans fare against it. Mm -hmm. Chris, any outside of what Tepo named, are there any keys that you think uh, players who will, will will win it for SA from an ODI perspective? Yeah, I guess we're still sort of figuring out the the seamers outside of Nokia and Rabada. They're very much known entities and they're going to get bold basically every chance they get in the IPL. So maybe we, we try to test some of our other seamers. And Lungi and Gidi had a troubling West Indies tour but picked it up right near the end and then did a right against Ireland. I'd really like to see Lungi and Gidi, who I think made his T20 debut against Sri Lanka, continue mm. with the form that he's had against them and have him stand up so we know exactly who our third choice seamer is. Yeah, well, obviously for the ODIs, Lungi is not going to necessarily be there. Um, he'll be coming in for the T20s with the other IPL guys. Um, but I think from my from from my perspective, Rassi Fandedison is important to the side. He is the anchor to this ODI side. Average is seventy five. Like if Sri Lanka get his wicket early, chances of South Africa scoring three hundred diminish instantly. Um, unless if Yanam and Milan or openers have done quite well. I think it's an important series, as you say, for Timber. I think Timber needs the runs, 
Um, he's he's had a great start to ODI cricket. So I think from a captaincy perspective, I think it would calm the team with a captain on form. But I think from a spinning perspective, from a bowling perspective, obviously Dwayne. But this is an important series for for George Linda. If he's going to be your spinning all rounder, left arm spinner, he's going to have to take wickets in these conditions, um, in the middle overs. Um, and 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 then obviously Andy Lepeshuguayo. For me, it feels like it's a last chance saloon for him. If he doesn't do it now, I think he's probably going to be out of the protest setup for for quite some time. Um, yes, he was he had COVID and he's been injured. And I I, I hate to say this, I think he's been mismanaged throughout the West Indies and and, and Ireland. Uh, but I do need Andile. We do need a Andile batting well and B bowling well as 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 well. Um, but I think for me, those are the things. The one question is style. Before we just talk a little bit about T20s, is will the will the ground in in, in well will the will the grounds in in Sri Lanka right now support the pace of the express pace of Rabada and Nokia? Um, we've got a question from YouTube from um, around that. Yeah, I, I really don't see that being too much assistance for the pace bowlers because, like I mentioned before. Um, South Africa is known to struggle a bit against the spinners, and Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka struggles a bit against the pace. Mm. So, from what we saw during the last series that was held at the same uh, venue, I don't think there'll be too much assistance, but there might be a bit swing, might be a bit of swing on offer for the bowlers. So, I think that's where uh, guys like Rabada can capitalize. But of course, with the pace that they possess, they'll be able to extract something, I think, out of uh, any surface. Oh, yeah, but that is we saw that last year in the UAE in in, in the IPL where Anuk Nokia built 155 kilometers per hour. Um, Estelle, from a T20 perspective, I know Sri Lanka picked one one side for both for both series. Are the plans for the World Cup on um, on on the right path? Um, will will there be um, drastic changes from a from a T20 perspective that we will see compared to the ODIs? I don't think there'll be too many changes, uh, mainly because I think the squad has been picked more for the T20s than really uh, thinking too much about the ODIs. Um, I don't know whether, uh, you know, Sri Lanka having to play the qualifiers for the Super League, sorry, the World Cup is kind of like a foregone conclusion now mm -hmm. uh, with the results they've got so far. Um, but uh, in terms of Building up to the World Cup, I think there are a few questions still to be asked. The bowling, definitely, I think a few players have really, you know, cemented their places. Hasaranga Tamir and also Tamika Karnaratna has done very well with both bat and ball. So those three guys are more or less, you know, the the staples in the bowling lineup. The batting is where the issues are. So, um, in my opinion. It's still up for grabs, you know. Anyone could make it. They've named a 30-man squad, so there's kind of a wider group of players also included in, in the training group. So I think apart from Kusal Pereira and Dasun Shanaka, I don't know if anyone else has kind of you know cemented their place. So there are spots up for grabs. Depends on whether those guys will get the opportunities before the World Cup to kind of prove themselves. And what's the what's the feel in Sri Lanka around the qualifying tournament before the World Cup and the group that they're in? Um, seems quite a, um, a quite a tough group that that that, that Sri Lanka find themselves in. 
um, to qualify for the main, I think it's, they call themselves the Super 12s um, of the world, of the T20 World Cup? Yeah, I think overall, I think most people are confident that uh, Sri Lanka will get through that first stage of the tournament, unless there's like a massive, um, you know, upset. I think particularly because of the types of pitches we can expect there. It will, from what what we've seen in the past, probably play into Sri Lanka's hands a little bit uh, because the tracks are expected to be a little slow. Um, so in that, if you consider all those aspects, I think Sri Lanka still do have a very, very good chance of making it through that first uh, part. But I'm sure Miki Atta wouldn't want to take any of the teams they're coming up against lightly because we've seen, uh, you know, lots of upsets in the recent past when it comes to, you know, World Cups. That's, that is quite true. Um, Chris and Seppo, I'm going to start with Chris. From a T20 perspective, South Africa have quite a lot of questions, largely around the batting. Um, obviously, the team's in a bit, well, the team's struggling to get over 170, even though maybe 170 has been par for both the series. Um, what, 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 what changes would you like to see, or what, what would you like to see in this T20 series with only three games to the World Cup? Yeah, very limited changes in the T20s. I think that's where we're just trying to make little small adjustments. We're getting closer to knowing what our first choice 11 is. And what I was talking about earlier, I forgot we were talking about the ADIs. It is figuring out whether Lungingiri's at third team or whether it's Lazard Williams. It's small changes. I don't want to see any overhauls from the sides that we played, especially against the West Indies. I think that was mostly our first choice side. And then Island as well. Keep it pretty consistent. And Tepo, you've you've always spoken on this podcast about the plan that you see from the approaches. Is it same old, same old, or do you want to see something different? Um, I think it's same old, same old. Um, I think I don't prioritize us getting scores over 200 because I just don't expect big scores on slow pitches. So if we get to like 160 again, I'll be very happy. And also, as we heard from Estelle, it's not like Sri Lanka have the most devastating batting lineup out there. So we need to play our opposition and play our opposition well. Um, just make sure that we get like safe runs. We don't need to throw away our wickets. I want to see some mature batting and I want to see us negotiate the spin um, as, as well as we can. If we go out, if all 10 wickets are child, then I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, so <laughs> I want us to preserve our wickets. Um, they're going to be difficult wickets to preserve, but take that seriously while still getting a decent amount of runs. Play the opposition uh, um, and play properly, yeah. Yeah, look, I I, I I tend to agree with you. I think we're we're at the lo- we're at the door of, of the World Cup, uh, barring any massive injuries. I don't think um, this eleven will change. There is that possibility that Faf might come back, so watch the space. Um, it it would be wild to see what it does to Jason Room, uh, but I do think Faf's a gentleman and a, and a great guy, so I do think he might. It it won't it won't be too catastrophic. However. Um, South Africa's questions at the top. How, if it's Timber and Quinton, how they navigate the power play? Um, in the middle overs, or well, in the in the middle order, where does Aiden fit? Where does Rassi fit? Those are the questions we need to answer. Where does David Miller fit? Does David Miller come in at four, or does he bat at five? Especially with Dwayne coming in. So those are the things that I'd be looking out for. But most importantly, how they score runs. And accumulate runs and score boundaries. I think for me that's a that's something I'm going to be watching. How they score boundaries 
on slower pitches. Against the West Indies, they really did struggle. And we saw that in that, in I think, that first game where we got blown out uh, by Evan Lewis um, at the top um uh with 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 boundary hitting and if you have if you come across a team that can hit boundaries like that it'd be it'd be a little bit tough for you yes chris yeah that's the one thing i'm super worried about playing england i think we're playing them at Sharjah, which is quite a small ground and that is a frightening side i think we don't just have to play well <laughs> we can almost play our best game and they play an average game and we still lose that we need england to play a bad game as well i'm quite frightened that's about just... that just, we just need just Australia to beat England. That's all I need. That's but I need to beat actually. Australia. We need to beat Australia um, yeah. for that World Cup. Um, we could still meet Sri Lanka there. And there's a very interesting situation there. We might even bring a style on for that. But Estelle, do you have any f- questions for us around that, that you that you want to, to, to get from a South African camp? Yeah, no, I was just uh, like you guys discussed about your pace bowling attack. Do you guys see them trying to use that mainly as um, the weapon against Sri Lanka? But at the same time, you do also have good spin bowlers. So uh, how does that kind of balance out with uh, the bowling lineups? Um, Chris, Seppo, who would like to take that? I think we all have different okay. games. <laughs> but Chris, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I think we, we try to play to our strengths because we've it's not quite the same, but we know often when we when we go to India and try to play them at the same game, and when we try to play spin with spin, especially in the test, that just doesn't work out. So we'll use Shamsi because he is a strength no matter the pitches. Even if the pitches aren't turning, he's still such a good spin bowler. And then probably are relying on the seamers a bit more. And then George Linda will probably play a holding role. I don't think he's really an attacking option. So Shamsi is the wicket taker. He can take wickets and keep the economy down at the same rates and then maybe relying on Nokia and Robata to be the, the wicket takers and aggressors as well. Simple. I think um, uh, depending on whether it's ODIs or T20s, with T20s I see us um, using um, our medium paces um, just to get like a bit of variation. So I do see us like coming with express pace um, at the, at the, to open the innings in the first power play and also at the death. But then in the middle overs, just make it very difficult to score runs. I don't expect us to to continuously like try to power you with the with 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 bowling because um, what could happen is you could get a thick edge that could run for four, um, and and you we could leak runs unnecessarily. And as I said, I don't expect us to be getting a lot of runs in the first place to be to be uh, willy nilly with our with our pace bowling. So. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I see us using it. In the ODIs, it'll be a bit more interesting. I won't lie, I've been doing a lot more research um, with T20s because obviously the T20 mm. World Cup is a bit closer. But um, yeah, I, I definitely see a lot of variation. I see the likes of Dwayne Petrius and Andile Petlokwayo. Oh, he's in the ODIs. I, I really would have liked to see his variation more there. But yeah, um, I do see pace <laughs> off the ball. So look, I think I think from my end, I'm all for spin. I, I actually would like to see one T20 where we play three spinners. You've got Keshav Maharaj, who does well in the Test format, who I think is good enough an ODI spinner to actually take wickets and not hold an end. Um, and also then have George Linda, because I think we spoke about the three um, the three all rounder balance that South Africa would like to have. So if you have one spinning all rounder 
in there with uh, two seamers, it gives you an opportunity to actually pick two other spinners uh, with uh, with either one of Kajiso and Anrich. Uh, Nokia, so that's going to be, I, I'd like to see that. I don't think that will happen. Knowing how Mark Boucher thinks and how South Africa's thought throughout the years, we'll probably go with our strength, which is pace, and they're going to try go for guys like even Lazard Williams. Lazard Williams is a very interesting um, kind of a, a, a bowler um, for, for Sri Lankan conditions. So that's that's something that we might uh, we might consider. I start off, we've got one last question on YouTube. Uh, do you expect Chandamal to open um, in these in these matches? We know that he's back um, in the squad. Um, in the ODIs, at least for the first couple, I don't think that um, he will open. They'll probably go with Minod Banuka once again. Uh, he didn't have a superb series against India, but um, I think at the moment he looks like the best option for particularly particularly for the ODS since he's young and there's some time to go. In the T20s, Kusal Pereira should be back. So I don't think, once again, I don't think uh, mm. Chandimal will get the opportunity to kind of slot in there. Um, but of course, there's always the chance that Sri Lanka will opt to play him in the middle order. I, I, I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, you never know because there's, like I said, there are spots up for grabs and He's earned his spot by playing well during the uh, uh, tournament, which basically was conducted to select the uh, spot for the T20 World Cup. So you never know. But at the moment, I don't see him coming into the playing 11. He's more of kind of the backup uh, wicketkeeper opener uh, in the squad. Oh, okay. So now that's the, we've reached the time of the show where we're going to ask you to give us predictions. Um, what you think is going to happen in the ODIs and what you think is going to happen in the T20s. I'm going to start with you, Estelle. Um, is it a Sri Lanka win? Is it a whitewash? Well, what do you think is going to happen on both ODI and T20? I have to say Sri Lanka. I think uh, considering the, the surfaces on offer and the bowling attack Sri Lanka has, probably it'll be close, probably a 2-1, but Sri Lanka will win the ODIs. Uh, T20s, I think South Africa will have the edge. Uh, might go 2-1 or even 3-0 there. Okay. That's a fair analysis. Um, Chris, do you agree with Estelle or do you have a different outcome? Um, maybe it's both of us just showing our allegiances. I won't be as emphatic as I have been almost ironically before other series. I think um, I want to see them going two different ways. The Maybe it's just based on what happened in Ireland. I can see us winning both series, but in both cases, 2-1. And I want—I don't know. This is just in my mind. It's that in the ODIs, we'll lose the first one and then win the second two. And then the T20s will be the opposite. We'll win the first two and lose the last. So I think we're, we're slight favorites, but nothing here is a, a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my, my prediction is similar to Chris's. I do see us losing the first game because... Um, we just need we we tend to need time to to assess conditions, um, and the first game plan generally doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I, I do expect us to lose the first game, but then win both series, probably two one or, or possibly three 0 for the T twenties. But once again, um, first game we're probably going to lose in both series, and then um, like clean our act up towards the end. Um, that's how I see it happening. Okay. Um, yeah, I expected a whitewash in Ireland and I didn't get that. So, <laughs> um, one, I'm not game. Go... <laughs> one game away from 
and that was a that was a terrible day, Umpo. You woke up that morning and you also felt makakas. It was a terrible day to be a South African. Just <laughs> but, saying. Uh, but I'll that go... game was very keenly followed in South uh, in Sri Lanka, actually. The one that South Africa lost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it was followed everywhere, bruh. It was followed everywhere. With um, but yeah, so I'll go. Uh, I'll actually go. I'll go two one on both to South Africa on both sides, but a decider on but in both series. So we're gonna go one one into both series deciders, and South Africa will come out because I uh, I think from on a balance of probabilities, I think South Africa has a stronger squad from an ODI and a T Twenty perspective. Um, yeah, I think that reaches that brings us to the end of our show. Estelle, thank you very much for joining us. Really enjoyed. A Sri Lankan point of view instead of a one-sided South Africa is going to win everything, um, and and to also get into to also get uh, some insight into what's going on from the back end because a lot of our people will be asking us on commentary as to where's so and so now we can tell them uh, what's going on. Um, yeah, or we look forward. To, we're going to have some uh, some World Cup previews, and if Sri Lanka's in our group, um, we probably might call on you again to give us a Sri Lankan perspective but we thank you very much uh for joining us thanks so much for having me guys thank you sure uh have a good have a good time estelle thank you very much um gents we've got commentary this week um we've got south africa versus sri lanka um let me just put up the the, the sri lanka tour uh dates live on onewsr.com on the youtube channel also on Gorilla SA on Twitter, we'll be bringing you a watch along. You'll be watching us, um, bringing you the game and, and getting you um, that information um, as well while doing uh, radio commentary for it. So please do uh, like and subscribe to our channel. Um, first ODI starts on Thursday, then it was one on Saturday and on Tuesday. Then the T20 start next week, Friday. Um, and they will end the following week, Tuesday. But also, most importantly, is the women's tour. So we'll be doing simultaneous, well, not simultaneous broadcast, but we'll be doing both. So the West Indies women versus Africa women starting tonight at 8 p.m. So please do join us for that. And then on Thursday, Sunday, uh, Sunday is going to be wild because it's like just after midnight. Um, but we've, we've got that covered. Most importantly, uh, please uh, do a subscribe. Uh, to our uh, to our channel, so you can get um, notified when we go live. Final words, gents. How do you see the series going? And yeah, how how things? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Final words before we close out. Simple. Vuma ba vuma vuma. Let's go. Ah yes, that's the Africa team, by the way. And Chris. <sighs> Yeah, I think we've covered almost everything that I have to say. Yeah, excited to to see some cricket, see some players cement their places, and see the women's game as well. Mm. Yeah, so join us later oh, for then. the night shoot. Yes. Sorry. Uh, good to see our women win for the Invincibles, which became my team during the hundred. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The hundred was mm. very good. Danae Panika, we want that type of. Of, of 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 form so bring that form with chloe tryon who wasn't at the oval invincibles but shabnim was there and so was marazan so we want double use because tonight myself and tempo will be on the night shift from nine tonight. from 10 to 10 uh, for that second so yeah <laughs> but yeah so thanks guys uh we'll chat soon uh you'll you'll see us in a few hours 
But thank you very much. Until next week on the Full Poeta Podcast, thank you very much. Goodbye and good night. And le sale, kakakiso. <laughs>